2: It is indeed, and hour number two is underway now at nine minutes past ten o'clock. On this free-for-all Friday, the 13th edition of the Bob France Authority, be- Beto O'Rourke, Beta O'Rourke, Robert Francis, I'm an Irishman pretending pretending to be a Latino for street cred in El Paso, O'Rourke, said this. Are you proposing taking away their guns, and how would this work? I am. If it's a weapon that
3: was
0: designed to kill people on a battlefield... Hell yes, we're going to take your AR-15, your AK-47.
2: We're not going to allow it to be used against our fellow Americans anymore. I uh, I thought they said, no, you guys are fear-mongering. We're not, re- mongering. we're not really coming for your guns. We just want to make sure we know where they are. We just want to make sure there's the background checks. Common sense gun reform, that's all. Common sense gun control. We're not coming for your guns. Robert Francis, our work says, hell yes, we are. Joining us for some analysis and response to that, and you better uh, buckle up for this one, is Kurt Schlichter. Kurt Schlichter is a retired Army colonel. He is a uh, Los Angeles-based attorney, and he is a senior columnist at townhall.com, as well as a regular fill-in on the Salem Radio Network. Kurt, my friend, good to have you back. How are you?
3: Oh, I'm fine. I thought I lived in America, but apparently this furry fascist (laughs) thinks something else. You know, Beto's a fool, but he's an evil fool. I remember uh, a Democratic administration, two Democratic administrations ago, where they burned 75 people alive because they supposedly had forbidden guns. And my question to Beta, which that malignant dwarf George Stephanopoulos failed to ask, is how many many Wacos are you willing to accept to achieve your purpose of disarming uh, law-abiding normal Americans of the weapons that the Constitution provides for them? I'm just curious. How many dead bodies are enough
2: that would be a great question and nobody was going to challenge him on these things and and how about the fact forget about stephanopoulos the 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 key here to me Kurt, is that no none of his uh, contenders none of his opponents on that debate stage said no 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 that's too far no we're not confiscating no we're not doing this because they all agree and it doesn't matter who donald trump faces that's what we're facing
3: well they do agree and i'm i'm concerned about the logistics of i'm biased Bob, because I actually served in a place that had a civil war started by one side that decided to screw with the other side for no apparent reason, and uh, it went really bad for the guys who started that war. I know, because I walked through what was left of their villages, and I really think that this uh, childish, evil mob mentality where, you know, they cheer or the idea of turning millions of law abiding Americans, including many veterans, into criminals, into felons. Today you're a law abiding citizen. Tomorrow you're a felon cause they say so. I don't think they understand the damage that does to the fabric of our society. I don't think they understand that they would turn these Americans from, you know, law abiding Law enforcement supporting normal citizens into something very, very different. And the thing about the left is, besides this being evil, it's stupid. They he, they don't really, you know, for the short-term game of the, you know, the applause of the uh, uh, goateed hipsters at that uh, stupid debate yesterday, which I didn't watch. I listened to some clips because I, I would literally rather, you know, pass broken glass than watch a Democrat debate. Uh, you know, they're they're cheering for something that's literally going to kill a lot of people because when you send people with guns to other people with guns, bad things happen. You remember Eric Garner, the guy who was sure. selling single cigarettes? Sure. The police went at him, and he ended up dead. When you use force, you're using force. And there are consequences. And, I know, and you know, you get the cruise shilling hacks, the, uh, you know, the Fredo cons, the weekly standard types going, Hey, you guys are talking about civil war and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I'm warning about violence. I'm warning about ripping apart the fabric of our country. And yes, yeah, some of the people on allegedly on our side are, you know, a bunch of sissies who refuse to face the fact that the establishment is incompetent and stupid and going down a very dangerous path. I'm worried. I am worried for the future of the country because I've seen what happens when stupid people do evil things.
2: Kurt Schlichter uh, is our guest. Kurt is uh, uh, the senior columnist with TownHall dot com, and he is an attorney. He is a fill-in talk show host on Salem Media, particularly the Hugh Hewitt Show. By the way, great job on nine eleven on Wednesday, Kurt. Uh, hey, so thanks. It means a lot. To me. to you. Yeah, it really. What it really an is. honor, huh? Yeah, well, you. Yeah, it really is, and uh, and I was glad that uh, Hugh asked you to do that. It was a great lead into what I did here in Cleveland on on my program as well, and I and I think a lot of people got a lot out of both of those shows. Uh, I want to uh, read a quick response to. Um, uh, to Robert Francis O'Rourke, this was tweeted by a Texas House member uh, named Briscoe Kane in response to Beto or Beta. It's the most
3: Texas name ever, isn't it? Though,
2: <laughs> uh, Robert, let me guess, Texas. <laughs> <laughs> Robert Robert O'Rourke tweeted, "Hell yes, we're going to take your AR-15," which is obviously what he said in on the debate stage. Too, Briscoe Kane responded, "May my AR is ready for you, Robert Francis." And Representative Eric Swalwell, who used to want to be on that stage before he pulled at less than skim milk at zero percent, um, backed out of it, but he responded and said if your response to a candidate proposing a new gun law is threatening to kill that candidate, you have proved exactly why we need tougher gun laws. At Briscoe Kane should be red flagged and disarmed. Now well the,
3: the, the fact that somebody's mentioning the obvious elephant in the room that If you're trying to disarm people who are armed, a percentage of them are not going to cooperate. Again, a Democrat administration murdered 75 men, women, and children at Waco. They burned them alive because of alleged gun law violations and managed to get four uh, ATF officers killed in the process. Is that okay? It's not okay with me. Here is the total number of dead American citizens, law enforcement and civilian, I'm willing to accept. For these gun laws my number is zero if you are for this you are willing to accept the risk that law enforcement will kill people or that people will kill law enforcement that's just a fact that's not a threat that is that is a fact you are turning a bunch of armed people into felons armed people who sincerely believe that they their constitutional rights are being violated that's a recipe for disaster, and it is not advocating violence to point out that manifestly obvious fact. And the, the, and the fact that our elite has for so long swore up and down that it wasn't coming for our guns, and now it is, further destroys any faith in our ruling class, because they are liars, and it is obvious and it is manifest. And if you can't be and, and you know, we're, we're just after these guns. And then, well, we're not going to silence your ability to speak. We're not going to silence your ability to, you know, pray as you wish. We're not going to do anything bad. Why would we believe them?
2: Kurt, um, yeah, that's a great point. Um, how, how should the Trump team respond to this? I, I feel like the economy is their biggest winner because we continue to thrive. Uh, joblessness, uh you know, we know the unemployment numbers for African Americans, for Latinos, for women, etc., record lows, 60-year lows for the overall number, et cetera, et etc., cetera, wages rising, uh, and all of these things. I feel like a second big winner here is the Second Amendment. It's not fear-longering Hi. to say this if the Trump campaign says, look, they literally want to wipe out the Second Amendment. One of them said it on the stage, and none of them stopped him. None of them corrected him. None of them said, no, that's not true.
3: Uh Well, they do want to wipe out the Second Amendment for two reasons. First, they want to rub our nose in our powerlessness, or what they perceive to be our powerlessness. They don't understand that when you've got guns, as the founders wanted, you by by definition have power. The, The second thing is they want to take away the potential veto that an armed citizenry provides to leftist tyranny. So there's a practical matter. And then there's just the fun of showing the rubes who's boss. Uh, Donald Trump should tweet out, my administration will never send people with guns to arrest you for uh, exercising your constitutional rights, ever. We will protect your right to defend yourself, your family, your community, and your constitution no matter what. That's what
2: he should tweet. Um- let me, uh, let me take this one step further out into your land, which I still don't understand how and why you continue to make your living in Los Angeles. other than Oh, because
3: people are stupid, one. and I'm a lawyer, and they create <laughs> laws that allow me to make a lot of money uh, because they are stupid. The, the, the whole thing is designed for blue state lawyers and professionals who live on the coast, which I am. So I, I, I'm going to exploit their foolishness until I take a big chunk of money and then go to America. And deprive them of my taxes. That's that's why I stay here. Though I was born in Cincinnati,
2: seven hours north of you, in another um, hypodermic needle and feces Uh, cesspool, just like the one you live in, is San Francisco. The San Francisco board of supervisors, I think it is, voted uh, last week to declare the NRA a domestic terrorist organization. And so, they got the votes. They declared it such. And the NRA is filing lawsuit for slander, libel, or something of that nature well, over this.
3: Well, yeah, there are, there are a number of things, a number of causes of action. So let, let's, see. Let, let's review. We should give up our uh, firearms and our ability to protect ourselves from tyranny uh, for a government that declares people who adhere to beliefs that they dislike terrorists and penalize them for having... Different views. Did I get that correct?
2: Uh, that's what I heard, yeah.
3: Okay. All right. Well, I'm not going to ever do any of that because I'm 54 years old. I've never been a serf or submitted to anyone. And I'm too old to start now. And I will never live under oppression. Now, I'll either live a free citizen or I'll die in the process of defending my freedom but th- those are the two options uh, you know you, you, from a legal you perspective, guys get
2: to choose i, I get uh, your, your point your point is well taken obviously kurt uh, but just for, let me tap into your your and don't bill me for this but uh from a from a legal perspective uh, i'm billing uh, tell,
3: three clients right now <laughs>
2: tell me tell me the That's a point eight Tell me the uh, uh, the legal basis of the lawsuits against uh, the San Francisco board for this from the NRA. Oh, dear God. Uh,
3: 1983, uh, federal civil rights. I mean, it, 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 it's hard to imagine. Let, let's review. They have decided to take a political, uh, a group of citizens who advocate for their political view. In fact, a view that's set forth in the Constitution. They are advocates for a specific amendment to the Constitution and they have declared them a terrorist with certain penalties, you know, uh, they are they are treated differently and in a negative way because of their political views. So, I mean, uh, is there, if, if you're going to define a violation of civil rights, it's pretty hard to figure out one that's more clear. That would be, I mean, I mean it would be like, you know, somebody saying, well, I'm going to make it illegal to advocate for single payer. If you advocate for single payer, uh, you're not going to be able to get government contracts. uh, And we're going to do, you know, we won't hire you. uh, Those sort of, uh, you know, the city government will not hire you. Does, Does that sound okay to you? Uh, and of course, it isn't.
2: It, what, it, I, it, what I want, though, is the outcome of these lawsuits to be not just an apology and a uh, you know and a, and a vote retracting or whatever you want to say about that designation as a terrorist organization. I want punitive damages. I want to watch them stroke a check that says to pay to the order of NRA. And well, I, want I say, you, want, you can't get punitive damages against ahead.
3: a government entity, but you can uh, get your attorney's fees. Uh, i got to double-check and see who the attorneys uh, doing this are. I have a few ideas who it might be. So uh, but look, them. that's, that's <laughs> not the hardest case out there. I mean, it, it's so obvious that the real, real frightening thing is that these guys would look at each other and go, Oh, this is okay. We're going to make yeah. a, a, a essentially criminalize uh, advocacy for policies we dislike.
2: That's exactly what it was. Uh, Kurt Schlichter, uh, a senior columnist at townhall.com, and soon to be joining the legal team against the uh, city of San Francisco. Uh, I hope. Uh, Kurt, thank you, my friend. I appreciate it. God bless. Thanks. Adios. You got it. 10 23, a little late. That's okay. We can catch up now on AM 1420 The Answer. Online at CopleyFeed.com. 10.27, 10.27, time for a call or two here before the bottom of the hour. We are guest-free until 11 o'clock, so if you're on hold and you don't get on now, don't get mad and hang up. Stay there through the news at the bottom, and we'll get you on uh, right after that. Lisa Woods in Medina. Lisa, you called me a couple of days ago, and your phone crapped out on us. Good to have you back. How yeah. are you?
4: Oh, thank you. I'm well. I wanted to shed a little light on education this week. It's uh, a big week with the state report cards. Yeah. Um yeah, a big part of the conversation. And uh, last for night, I was know, on-
2: for those who don't know, Lisa. I'll just remind them that you are on the state board of education. So uh, this is why it's particular of particular importance to you. Thank you.
4: Yes, and also I was at the Act for America meeting last night, and Diane Stover did a heck of a job her and her husband um, about presenting what's going on with the, uh, you know, oh my gosh, the. Uh, what they call comprehensive sex education. Just just horrible. Yeah. But on another note, um, something that is very near and dear to me is our dropout prevention and recovery schools in Ohio. I, I don't think a lot of people understand what's going on with those. These are the kids that uh, um, really have the hardest, the worst of the worst. They've been kicked out of many schools. They have all sorts of problems. Most public schools can't even take them back. And people have started these dropout prevention recovery schools to help these kids get over the mark, and get a diploma so that they can get a job and do something with their lives, and it's just amazing. But unfortunately, some of these schools were getting shut down just for simple compliance reasons, and we've kind of put a halt to that, and I've got some people coming from Columbus that are going to explain this situation that is so important. Well,
2: and so I'm that's really tomorrow. I was just going to say, I'm glad that somebody is focusing on this. It sounds like it's going to be a very informative meeting tomorrow. Again, it's the Medina County Friends and Neighbors. Uh, Tell everybody again when and where.
4: It's at um, tomorrow at 830 at the Copper Top in Valley City. Um, We've got a post on Facebook. Um, Also, let's see, a Valley City that's... uh, Where's my address? <laughs> I'm looking at it. It's at uh, 5740 Center Road, Valley City, 830 in the morning tomorrow. We're done by 10. And afterwards, we also go out to Gandalf's and continue the conversation. Sometimes that networking nice. after the meeting is very important, and everyone's welcome to come there as well.
2: I'm glad to hear that. And uh you said Facebook is it at McFan or is the Facebook page spell it out Medina County Friends and Neighbors?
4: Medina County Friends and Neighbors. Okay. But when I put McFan it still pops up, so I don't know.
2: <laughs> okay, no, that's good. I just want people to yeah. you know if they, you know if they can't write down what you just said for a moment, uh, you know, at that moment with the address and everything, they can find information online at uh, uh at the Facebook page for Medina County Friends and Neighbors. Always a pleasure Lisa. Thanks for the call. All right, that's Lisa Woods from uh, Medina County Friends and Neighbors and the Ohio, State of Ohio uh, Board of Education. It's 1030 News Time. More of your calls right after this. 1035, the Bob France Authority on a free-for-all Friday continuing. Thanks for joining us on AM 1420, The Answer. Here's a reminder for you. Coming up, November 21st, it is the War for America Soul Tour with Hugh Hewitt and Dr. Sebastian Gorka joining Peter Kersenow and myself live on stage on uh, the 21st at the Holiday Inn in uh, Independence, Holiday Inn Rockside Road in Independence. uh, There's a fight. Uh, You saw it last night laid out. There's a fight for your rights. And I'm not going uh, Beastie Boys there, and I'm not talking about Two Party. There is a uh, fight for our rights uh, that are enumerated literally in the Constitution. The march towards socialism, Iran threatening to wage war, religious speech uh, is being restricted, uh, racial tensions, accusations of racism in the, at the uh, highest office, all of these domestic and global dangers every day. We are going to have to coordinate. We are going to have to work together to save our republic. And uh, that's what this is all about. So we'll be there on stage on the 21st. You can join us uh, with a general admission ticket, which you can buy at whkradio.com just for the stage presentation. If you would like to talk more personally with us, you can buy a VIP dinner ticket. If you would like to really get personal and sit at a table with one of us, you can do that as well. All of these tickets are available at whkradio.com. I'm told that Dr. Gorka's table is sold out already. I don't know the status of Hugh Hewitt's table, my table, or Peter Kersenau's table, but I do know that these go very, very fast. So I'll try to get an update on the ticket sales there. Maybe, Marcy, if you can grab that info for me whenever you get an opportunity so we can tell people. But uh, I wouldn't wait. If you want to sit at uh, uh, the dinner table and have conversation with us about all of these important things and more, you got to get your tickets right away. Uh, They're on sale now at whkradio.com. want to go to – oh, by the way, another little note, a programming note this time. High school football game of the week once again tonight on a m fourteen twenty the answer and w h uh, k sports uh, in for a bit of a change here because it was seven o 'clock was the kickoff time. I literally just found out moments ago that the game is being moved up between illyria Catholic and Bay. Uh, To 6 p.m., from 7 p.m. to 6 p.m., because it is going to get nasty tonight. Thunderstorms and hail are in the forecast for tonight. Uh, And even starting the game at 6 might not be good enough. There is a 50 to 60% chance of those thunderstorms coming in at 7. That number jumps up to I believe it's eighty percent at eight and ninety percent at nine PM and they are gonna be thunderstorms, so it's not just a nice late summer rain. Um we're talking full on lightning and you know, they don't play football, they don't play outdoor sports and lightning and uh hailstorms. So uh that game has moved up to six PM and uh we'll keep you posted if there are any changes. Let's go to uh who's been waiting the longest? Gotta be Rick. Yeah, Rick and Leary has been there for a while. Thanks for your patience, Rick. You're on the air. Go right ahead. Yeah, Bob, uh, calling
5: in regards to the uh, reference that this previous caller made—well, one of the other ones—in uh, regards to semi-automatic being u- or automatic being used in violence. Well, they need to give credit to Obama and Eric Holderman because they're the ones that signed off on the legalization of bump stocks. Uh, okay. And the other thing is, Do you have an quick, opinion? Well, hold on, moving. hold on.
2: Before you move on, I didn't okay. want—I I wasn't being dismissive. I just—I wanted you okay. to offer an opinion on that. What—what what is your opinion on that?
5: Well, as a gun owner, I would never own bump stock. I'm just not into that sort of thing, and I think it was um, very foolish of them to even think about legalizing something like that, uh, much less having all—having uh, done it.
2: <laughs> right. You know the—the the strange thing about it is. Uh, and i wasn't very familiar with bump stocks when i first found out what uh, was going on and what happened in las vegas either but uh, according to much more experienced gun owners with the you know automatic style or uh taking a semi automatic and converting it into a semi automatic to a fully automatic you don't even need to buy a bump stock. You can do so, uh, kind of with you know by jury rigging it, if you will. Um, and and there are methods that I'm not going to get into here, but were explained to me at that time. So I mean, if you really want to take your semi and turn it into a fully automatic, you can do that, but that should not um you know it that that should not um uh impart guilt upon the owner of a semi automatic gun owner uh, as if he is intentionally going to turn it into a fully automatic again any more than a than a car owner or a truck or a van owner should be thought of as a potential um you know ramming uh you know a mass murderer by ramming his vehicle into crowds so you know it can be well, done, and- it can be done even without the bump stock and and it just doesn't mean that everybody is going to
5: Right. And then the other thing is, you know, for his legacy, he's also the one what I heard the other day was just signed off on the different flavors of vaping uh oils and stuff. Uh so and and as a former smoker, I'm glad I don't smoke them anymore. And you know, that's I just wanted to mention that he should get credit for that too. And um the other thing is when you watch the uh game the replay of the uh, Tyson players uh, jumping into the dog pound, and if you watch that, he initially started that beer situation, because if you watch, he smashed that guy's beer, which caused it to come back and fling up into his face, and yes, the fan did do it twice afterwards. But the player was the one that actually started it. I didn't see that.
2: I saw the fan, yeah. you know, kind of throwing the cup toward him, you know, splashing the beer into his face. I didn't see any of the, the slap thing you're talking about beforehand. But I will oh, say yeah. this, Rick, and, and thanks for the call. I will say this. <clears throat> you're on the road. You know, when you're at home and you score a touchdown, you can jump into the stands, and it's fun. You know, the Browns players will do it. Packers players will do it. A lot of a lot of teams will do that, and you jump up, and you get pats on the helmet, and, you know, fans get a great big thrill out of touching an NFL player. You're on the road, though, and you score a touchdown, and you jump into the stands, man. You, you, you're, you're almost asking for it. You're asking for somebody to dump or to not be particularly thrilled with your presence in their laps. So, And I'm not saying the Browns fans should have done it. You, you really don't. You don't throw stuff. Players, but you you shouldn't also provoke it if you're a if you're a visiting player by jumping into a, a home team's uh, you know another team's stands and fans. Uh, thanks, my friend. Jan is in uh, Greater Cleveland on AM fourteen twenty. The answer, hi uh, Jan.
6: Hi, hi Bob. If some people are wondering how we, how we ever ended up with a whole row of Democrat socialist uh, uh, candidates on a stage, I think it. Uh, it has something to do with the fact that George Soros is now eighty-nine years old, and he has been fighting to overthrow America and take away our freedoms, giving every every cent he can afford. And I think uh, he just gave eighteen another eighteen billion to to do just that. And uh, Michelle Malkin has written a book, and it uh, I'm glad it was written because this has been bugging me for a long time about how powerful his money has been in backing uh, the uh, uh, illegal immig- immigration, you know, the people that right. uh, that immigrate, and also Black Lives Matter. So this is, uh, all of these things that these uh, socialists are coming up with are a means to an end, because they don't like America, and they don't, they do not, they think we're too stupid to, to be free, and, and not, you know, free individuals. And uh, I just hope enough people. Uh, and, and then you know they're, they're screaming. Uh, you know, a fifteen-year-old bled to death. What about the fifteen-week-old, the week-olds that bleed to death every day? And they don't bat an eye. They are so hypocritical. And I think uh, um, Buddha Judge. I think he's a speed reader because he, you know, preaches Christianity to people who don't want to have open borders. I think he missed a, a page about uh, a, a man lying down with another man. That's all I've got to say today, Bob.
2: Thanks, Jan. I appreciate the phone call. Yeah, there there was a lot of insanity on that stage uh, last night. As to the point about uh, fifteen week olds and so on, Bernie or not Bernie, B uh, uh, J had a great point earlier when he called and he said uh, if they're gonna if Beto wants to ban and uh, confiscate these uh, weapons that kill children, uh, then maybe we should include a ban on forceps because ripping legs and arms, limbs off of of, um, uh, unborn children for the purpose of, quote-unquote, health care for the mother uh, is uh, probably just a little bit more destructive and probably a heck of a lot more painful than any of the other things that they're talking about. So, uh, yeah, you you and uh, BJ and I are all on the same page. Cleveland, next stop, Jim, you are on AM 1420, The Answer. Thanks for calling on a free-for-all Friday. Jim, go right ahead hey
5: Bob uh, you know, I hear a lot of this talk about we have to do something and uh, I agree something has to be done about all these shootings uh, and I have the solution you do the Democrats yeah they need to stop dividing this country they're freaking people out with all the policies their crazy agendas they're perpetuating the border crisis trying to remove our president people are scared and some people just plain old can't handle it That's why a lot of these shooters are young people, they're immature, they can't handle all the hype.
6: Some of these other
5: shooters are more than likely people who are on the edge or maybe on medications and might otherwise have stayed on the edge without all this crazy left-wing hype. And I put a lot of this, not all of it, but a lot of this responsibility on the people that are dividing this country and the Democrats.
2: Jim, you make excellent points, and, I'll, and I'm going to follow up on that with this. Um, thank you for the phone call. First of all, don't just say students. Many of these shooters, these mass shooters, are full-grown adults. All right. We should point that out, uh, and acknowledge that where it's not just young teenagers misguided, blah, 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 bullied, et cetera, et cetera. And in some of the cases, they have been such, but, um, you know, in some of the cases, these are fully grown adults who are, uh, dare I say, Radicalized by social media, and i don 't mean radicalized in the way that you know uh, potential isis uh, uh, warriors you know those who want to join radical Islamic terror groups and so on and so forth are being radicalized online. I mean just plain old social media radicalizes and and divides and drives people into <laughs> especially if they're not necessarily stable to begin with, into fits of of, of lunacy, of rage-filled lunacy. Somebody, somebody tweeted to me on, and, and here's the irony of this because I'm guilty, I use social media. And I use it to promote my radio program, to expand my reach so that I can talk to more people, so that hopefully the things that I say and the things that I share and the things that I learn from others when they talk to me uh, on this program uh, makes us better. So I'm I'm guilty. I'm hypocritical in this regard, but I'm going to say this anyway. Somebody tweeted to me, which is social media, uh, on, uh, on Wednesday on 9-11, the 18th anniversary of 9-11. That they really miss the days of 912 and 913 of 2001. You remember what it was like in this country at that time? At that time, we were more unified, and our politics were set aside, and our, our differences in culture, in ethnicity, in race, in sexual orientation, all of that stuff went away for a period of time starting on 912. We were unified by the attack against us because we recognized it was against all of us. In much the same way, I'm certain people felt after Pearl Harbor, and throughout World War II, everybody pulled together and banded together to fight the common enemy. You know, which at that time, of course, was Nazi Germany and Japan. So everybody, everybody knew. Um, that we were, we had to be unified. The, the the adage of united we stand, divided we fall was never more true than at a time of war, right? We have to stand united. So the tweet said, I, I, I long for the days of 912, 913 when we were all unified against what we found out would be, what we would find out is, you know, Al Qaeda and Osama bin Laden. And, um, my response to that, and I saw other people give similar responses was, Sadly, we will never, ever, ever be able to return to those days. Ever. Even if another 9 11 happened right now. And you want to know why? Social media. Back when 9 11 happened and the unity of 9 12 began, we didn't have social media, it didn't exist. Social media is the judgment zone. It's where every American can judge, ridicule, from the safety and comfort of their keyboards, everybody else. And I promise you, if 9-11 happened right now, social media would prevent us from joining hands, locking arms, and unifying against the common enemy. Because social media on the left would find a way to blame Donald Trump for 9-11? Kill the music. This is too important. Social media would find a way to divide any attempt at unity that we might make. The hatred of races for one another, political ideologies for one another, sexual orientations, even allegations that are false, false allegations of racism or ethnic uh, uh, differences or uh, homophobia, Islamophobia, yada, yada, yada. If 9/11 happened right now in the exact same way and we went on social media and condemned the radical Islamic terrorists that, that did it from from Osama bin Laden to Sheikh Khalid Muhammad to Mohammed Muhammad Atta the ringleader of the first plane and we went on there and said, oh my God, you know we, we have to fight back, let's go to war with them right now, etc etc. Leftist social media would scream stop demonizing Muslims. What does it matter what their faith is why they did this? Don't bring their Muslim uh, heritage or their uh, religion into it. Social media will forever prevent this country from coming together for any reason. The way we came together on 9-12 of 2001 and stayed that way for a period of weeks and maybe even a few months. Social media would have killed that momentum then, and I take my word for this, it will kill any movement toward unity in this country today, no matter what tragedy befalls us. I thank you for that phone call. It's 10.52, back after this. 10.55, we're going to get all three of these phone calls that are remaining on the line on the air before we leave. Kenny in LaGrange is next. Hi, Kenny, go ahead.
5: Uh,
7: Bob, uh, I had a couple comments, but I think the most important one I want to say is Mr. Schlichter. When he was speaking with you, that gentleman has never been more serious and solemn than any other of your programs. He hit the nail on the head. Uh, as a veteran, like that gentleman is a veteran, we swore an oath to uphold, protect, and defend the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. And the domestic enemies are coming out of the woodwork now. Uh they it me. It saddens me that the people in that audience last night actually cheered Butto or Rourke. I will not call him Beto, his 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 I do not have any respect for the man. If he can stand on stage and say he's going to confiscate my weapons against my will, then he is my domestic enemy. And considering San Francisco has already labeled me as a domestic terrorist, uh I don't know what the next step is going to be, but it's not going to be
2: pretty. Kenny, very well said, my friend, and you're right. Uh, Kurt was very serious, much more than in other conversations we have had. He's very lighthearted. He's, I mean, he's serious, but he he'll do things in a joking manner, in a you know mocking manner. He likes to troll, the laugh, but he was he was deadly serious in those uh, in those remarks today. James is in uh, uh, Lorraine. Sorry, James, you're on the air. Go ahead.
3: Yeah, hi Bob. Thanks for having the guest that you're having on there, uh, but. Mr. Slichter and Mr. Piper, whom I went and saw last Thursday. It's very Wonderful. good. Wonderful. Uh, I'd also like to thank you and them for being, uh, for being advocates to the uh, guardian of our public safety, you know, the uh, Constitution of the United States, which is celebrating an anniversary on September 17th, Constitution Day. And that's, uh, celebrating the union. Of uh, the const, you know, the sure. uh, guardian of the of the common uh, safety, people, and that's the uh, that's what the framers wanted.
2: And that is and that is something we will absolutely have to pay a lot of attention to on Constitution Day, James. Thank you for the call, my friend. I don't mean to rush you, but I do need to get to our third and final call of the morning, and that's Carl in Timberlake. Carl, go right ahead. Labas,
5: Mr. France. How are you, my good friend?
2: Oh, my good friend. I have not heard from you in so long. I didn't expect it to be this, Carl. Good to have you. Oh, my pleasure. You know,
5: my parents come from Lithuania, and I have to tell you that when the Russians came in and took over, they confiscated the gun. And if you did not produce at least one gun, they shot you. And back then, everybody had guns, more than one. So this was the example. And we do not learn from history. Second of all, I read a post by a guy named Steve on your webpage. He summarized exactly what the problem with Islam is. It is an evil ideology, guised as a religion, using the religious aspect of it to to brainwash people, two billion people, into thinking that this is the way to Allah. Ideology to control political, social, sexual, business, professional, every aspect of your life. It there are sure many
2: experts people. on, yeah, there are many ex- experts on Islam, Carl, who will tell you the same thing. It is not a religion. It is a political ideology. I've got to go, my friend, because I'm up against the clock. It's good to hear your voice again. Carl from Lithuania, one of my favorite people. He is awesome. Uh, that's it. Uh, thanks so much to Kurt Schlichter for being our guest. Thanks to you for listening. Thanks to our crew. Stay where you are. Mike Gallagher's next. We'll see you Monday.
5: Silence.